Thank you for joining us. Um, if you have missed the last several of weeks of Bible study, we are redigging the wells, redigging the wells of salvation. And so we've talked about um, we talked about one God. We've talked about the apostles' doctrine. Last week we talked about worshiping God. Um, and unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, because we're talking about it tonight. I mixed up my lessons, and I should have talked about this last week and worshiping this week, but that's okay. Tonight we're talking about baptism. We're going to redig the well of baptism, of Jesus' name, baptism. And, uh, and so we're going to go to the book of 1 John chapter 5. And uh, just to um, reiterate a little bit of what I said when we began tonight, uh, if you weren't here Sunday or if you're watching on live stream, you weren't here, you didn't see Sunday service, I ask you to go and take some time this week, watch that sermon. Um, it was a message from my heart and uh, inspired by the word of God, but also some events that's happened in my life and, and our family. And we wanted to, to share that with you, but let you know that what you're going through, you're not alone in. We will walk with you. This church will walk with you. And, uh, and this is a safe place for you to share um, whatever you're going through. That's how it should be. And so um, hopefully it ministers to you. But tonight we're going to go to the book of 1 John chapter 5. We're actually going to jump around a lot tonight. And so, Brother Aaron, uh, we will give Brother Aaron a, a break if, if he can't keep up, but he's pretty good. I think he can do it. And so, 1 John chapter 5, verses 7 and 8, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Everybody say one. And there are three that bear witness in earth. So that was the three that bear record in heaven. Now the three that bear record in earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. Everybody say one. So we first read about the three that bear record in heaven, and then it says that there are three that bear witness in the earth. Now everybody say three. There we go. Not just one witness, not just two witnesses, but three witnesses on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Jesus Christ, the incarnate word, made flesh. And that's why Jesus looked at Nicodemus in John 3. He said in John 3 and uh, verse 3 through 7, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, he said, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now that's not some Pentecostal manual or Pentecostal book. That is the book of John. This is straight out of the Word of God. Verse 6 says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. He said, you've got to be, you have to, there was an old song, you've got to be, you must be, you've got to be born again. Anybody remember that? You remember that song? Jesus said, you must be born again. And then when you go to Luke chapter 24, he said unto them, this is Jesus talking, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. 
and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Are you ready for this? This is an important part. Until you are endued with power from on high. And then he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them, and then he was carried up into heaven. They worshipped him, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Now, remember the man that wrote the book of Luke also wrote the book of Acts. Okay? Dr. Luke wrote the book of Luke. And then he also wrote the book of Acts. So when you close the book of Luke, when you go to the book of Acts, it's the same writer. He had just written repentance and remission of sin. And now when you go to book of Acts, chapter 2, he continues in the second treatise. And he says uh, in verse 1 of chapter 2 of Acts, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this could be no small stir here. This was happening on the Feast of Pentecost when Jerusalem was filled with people from many nations to observe the feast. Peter, Peter, Peter preached his sermon and it qualified the tongues. He began to prophesy about Joel and he began to talk about Joel's prophecy and he began to preach the crucifixion of Christ. So you go from verse 5 of, of Acts all the way through Acts the second chapter and when he got through explaining all of this and laying it all down, Verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now they didn't say, what shall we do to be saved? They just said, well, what shall we do? What shall we do? And then Peter said unto them, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, who's this for? Well, for the promise is unto you, and it's unto your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm thankful tonight that I've repented. I'm thankful that I've been baptized in Jesus' name, and I'm thankful that I'm filled with His Spirit. When you look at Hebrews chapter 9, the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So I would not have the forgiveness of my sins had Christ not died on the cross for me. It's important because it tells you something. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the blotting out, for the erasing, for the demolishing, for the, uh, for the exploding, what, however you want to put there, for the doing away with, for the remission of sin. So there's the Spirit, the water, and the blood. There's your three witnesses. And we can close the lesson tonight and everybody would go home and say, that, that's amazing. There's your three witnesses, the spirit, the water, the blood. These three witnesses in earth agree on being born again. All three witness a new birth. And these three agree with God's purpose to a creature as a redeemed people. With these three witnesses, blood, water, and word. So through these, we are more than conquerors. So I'm not going to deal very long tonight with repentance because I think we, we get repentance. 
Um, I think all of us have heard repentance preached on. I've preached on it many, many times. Uh, and if you've been in church for an extended amount of time, you understand the need for repentance. Um, and if you're, if you're watching tonight a live stream and you haven't uh, heard of repentance and you don't understand it, send us a message. We want to talk to you about it. But nobody uh, can get baptized, um, get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, or be baptized. Well, yeah, you really shouldn't be baptized until you've repented. First step you must always do is repent. It's the very first step in the plan of salvation. It's the first step in the old tabernacle. How many of you kind of, you've studied the old tabernacle a little bit? We might do that a little bit over the summer. But the writer in Romans said it was a foreshadow of everything that's to come. When you, when you went into the tabernacle of the Old Testament, the first piece of furniture that you came into was the brazen altar. You didn't go anywhere else into the tabernacle. You didn't go to the laver of water. You didn't go to the candlesticks, the showbread, or the altar of praise. You couldn't go anywhere Till you first stopped at the altar of repentance. And I want to tell you tonight, repentance isn't something that you do just once in your life. We, I, I mentioned this Sunday. We don't believe in once saved, always saved. We also don't believe in one time repented, all time. You know, it's for all time. We have a, we have a, a kind of a, a running, I don't know if it's a joke or not, but, but we have this thing in our, in our family and amongst some of our friends about when we pray for our meals... And, and how many of you in this, in this church, you are pre-chip? You pray before you eat the chips and salsa. Anybody? How many of you are post-chip? That you pray when you get the actual food to the table. I'll admit, I'm a post-chipper, okay? I mean, as soon as they set the chips and salsa on the table, I'm diving in. All right? I'll just be honest with you tonight, okay? Um, that's, that's me. And so we have this joke about like, oh, well, who, hey, did you pray for that? And we have a friend that he's very serious about this. And I don't know how this is. But he says, I pray one time at the beginning of the year for my food. Every meal that I eat throughout the year, I pray that one time so I never forget. Or if I do forget, it's okay because it's covered. And I said, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that because I think we should give thanks every time we eat. Every time. So even when you eat a piece of candy? No, don't give thanks for that. That candy ain't helping you. How many of you, you know you're about to eat something that's terrible and you go, bless this food than the nourishment of my body? <laughs> this guy right here, throw a big fat steak in front of me and I'll say, Lord, I thank you for this food. Bless it to the nourishment of my body. Bless it to the nourishment of my arteries. No, we've got to give thanks. The same is with repentance. We have to repent daily. There's things that you may have done today that you don't even realize you may have cut somebody off and you don't even realize it. You may have looked at, at, at something and, and given someone a dirty look today and don't even realize it. We've got to repent daily. I know some people, they're so holy, they don't have to repent. But I have to repent. If you don't repent daily, then you don't really understand the power of the blood. You don't understand that there's nothing as powerful as repentance. You can't go anywhere in the step of salvation without repentance. And this leads us to the name of Jesus because every man, woman, boy, girl is lost without Jesus Christ. Listen, we've got to know the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to know what it is. And you may say, that, well, there's so many translations, there's so many understandings. Do we leave this to our interpretation? Well, let me appeal to your common sense tonight. Judgment Day is going to tell a whole lot about a whole lot of things. But what I know for sure is that when it comes to whether or not I'm going to spend eternity in heaven or in hell... I'd rather do a whole lot more in this life than a whole lot less. 
I'm going to do everything I can to make it into heaven. Somebody once said, and, and I may mess this up, but they said, I would rather live my life believing in something and finding out that it's not there rather than not, not, or living my life not believing in it and then finding out it was there. Does that make sense? Did I say that right? I think I said it right. So you must say, well, pastor, if people don't repent, are you going to judge them? No. I'm not going to judge people. I don't have a degree to judge. I didn't go to law school. I'm, I'm not, so I'm not going to judge people. I don't have a right to judge. Somebody said, when you point a finger, you got three pointing right back at you. I mean, anybody parent ever told you, told you that? That was my mom. She'd go, when you point a finger, you got three pointing right back at you. And I never understood that because it was like, there's only you and me here. And then I realized, oh, it's these three. When I point, they're, okay. I don't have a right to judge anybody because I didn't die for them. I didn't die for you. I'm not going to judge you. And so until I die for you, until I come out of the grave, I don't have a right to judge people. But I do have to tell you that what God laid down is the apostles' doctrine, is the message of the new birth. And if I get to heaven and we did too much, I don't think any of us are going to be upset. I don't think we're going to be upset. And I'll tell you who will answer to God, and it's people who don't preach Jesus Christ. They preach everything else you can preach and never bring people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And people don't even know Him. So what will save us? So when we study the Word of God, you will find out that, that death happens to be repentance and burial is the water in the name of Jesus. The infilling of the Holy Ghost is a resurrected life. Living through the fruits of the Spirit. Obedience to the Gospel is so important. And so when Paul, we can look at when Paul was writing to the church at Galatia, he said in uh, chapter 1, verse 8, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you that ye have received, let him be accursed. He said if anybody's going to come to you and they're going to preach any other gospel than what we have given you because what we've given you is right from God, if anybody else preaches any other gospel, let them be cursed. If I preach anything else from this pulpit or from this podium that is not the word of God, let me be cursed. The preacher who preaches any other thing is going to find himself one day answering to God. So this is why I preach the way I do. This is why I preach out of the Bible. It's why I'm fanatical about preaching to you. And why I'm so... I, I, we don't just let anybody come and preach behind this pulpit. We don't. They could be the greatest thing since sliced bread, but if they don't preach the Word of God, they're not coming here. That's just how it is, I'm, and I'm sorry. But Well, no, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm going to apologize for following the Word of God. It's so important, and it is a time for truth to come forward like never before. If you're here and you haven't done what we're preaching, don't close your ears tonight. If you're watching tonight and you haven't repented and you haven't opened your heart to God and you haven't been baptized, don't turn us off. Don't close us out. I want you tonight to open your heart. And if I get out of the Bible at any point, then shut me off. If I get out of the Bible tonight, get up and leave. I tell you that almost every time I preach. But I'm giving you Bible tonight. And if I'm giving you Bible, it could be the difference in where we all spend eternity. I want you to remember that. It's very important. Mark's chapter 16 he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, as Jesus told them. Verse 16, he said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. I didn't just say that. I read it from the Word of God. 
Jesus said that. And then in Romans chapter 6, well, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead in sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even, even so we should walk in the newness of life. So when you die, you got to get under something. When they bury you or when they bury me, when I die, they're not just going to put something over me uh, and, and, and just lay me in a ground somewhere and just throw a little bit of dirt. When I'm buried, I'm going in. They're going to throw me in the ground. At least I think that's what my wife's going to do. I don't think she's going to cremate me. I don't know. But who, who knows? Most likely, though, I'm going in the ground somewhere. And I'm going in. Romans 6 and 3. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? When you're put under, you are put under in a watery grave. When you check the way that you were baptized, the Ethiopian, the Bible says that he came up out of the water. He was buried and he came up out of the water. When Jesus got baptized, it was down into the river Jordan. They went into the river. They were buried into baptism. And I know I've read it before, but I'll read it again because it's important. Because the book of Mark, chapter 16, lays it down so strong. He said unto them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. We've got a verse telling us that if you believe and you're baptized, you'll be saved. And if you believe not, you'll be damned. Baptism is so important, ladies and gentlemen. It's so important. We've got to understand that this was a command in the New Testament. It was not an apostle that was just speaking here. These were the words of Jesus. It's so important. And the scripture says in Acts chapter 4 and 12, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we, we may be saved. Where, whereby we, we ought to be saved. Whereby we, if we want to, we can be. No, he says whereby we must be saved. It's not a might or a maybe. Whereby we must be saved. When the baby was born nearly 20 centuries ago in Bethlehem of Judea, there was a new name that was introduced into the poor the sin-sick, the heartbroken world. And the name was first spoken by an angel to the bewildered man who was espoused to a virgin. And he found her to be great with child. And the angel said in Matthew chapter 1, he said, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So for the first time in verse 21 of Matthew, the name of Jesus is spoken. For the first time in the whole Bible, in Matthew, the name of Jesus is spoken. This is the name that has strengthened, the name which has blessed, the name which has saved, the name which has healed untold thousands of needy humanity from that day until now. The inspired writer plainly states that this name, Jesus, 
fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah 7 and 14 that said that the child's name was to be Emmanuel, which is God with us. So when God was born, when Jesus came into this place, he completely fulfilled the prophecy. And Jesus, in the Greek form of the Hebrew word, or, or of, 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 in the Greek form of the Hebrew word, is Jehoshua. Je, I know I'm going to mess this up. Jehoshua, or Jehovah Joshua. It's easy enough. I don't speak Hebrew, I'm sorry. But Jehovah Joshua. It means Jehovah Savior, or Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. And that's why the angel said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people from their sins. I'm so glad they went with Jesus instead of the Hebrew form of Jehoshua. i got to really work on it. The wonderful name of Jesus was brought down from God out of heaven by an angel. When whispered to a perplexed man, it brought peace to his heart. And here is recorded the first miracle that was wrought by the name of the holy child Jesus, even before he was even born. The revelation for the child was conceived in Mary by the Holy Ghost and the child was to bear the name of God Almighty, Emmanuel with us. And then they said, God Almighty being with us and his name shall be called Jesus. Here is the holy of holies of divine revelation. For this name Jesus, which calms the troubled heart of a disturbed man, is the name above every other name in the heavens or the earth. When we look at Philippians chapter 2, it said, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father so God reveals himself in creation as Elohim he was known as the El Shaddai to Abraham and Moses in the dispensations of promise, the dispensation of law. He was known by the name of Jehovah or the I Am, the various name compounded with Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Shalom, so on and so forth. And now at Bethlehem's manger, a new dispensation is about to begin. And so as in all the previous dispensations, God is revealing himself in a new name and this time that name will be Jesus and that means that in this new dispensation and the dispensation is the dispensation of grace God can now be reached God can only be contacted by a name that is above every name and it's the name of Jesus he said neither is there salvation in any other name for there is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved other than the name of Jesus. No man can come to the Father except through the Son. You can't get the Spirit to the Spirit of God unless you come through the man whose name is Jesus. You can't get to there without going throughout the, or going without the name of Jesus. It's above Jehovah. It's above Elohim. It's above every everything that is named. The name of Jesus has now been revealed to us, and the Bible says that in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All the knowledge of God, all the wisdom of God, all the incarnate of God, everything of God's wisdom and knowledge is in the man Christ Jesus, and they gave him a name. 
And that's why the Jews for 2,000 years have been calling him with these Old Testament names, but they had not been able to approach God because the only way you can approach him is through the name of Jesus Christ. It's the highest and it's the greatest revelation of God. And so Jesus is the almighty, he's the almighty God that's been made flesh among us and he has a name that is above every name. And someday every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's nothing like that name. You've heard it said so many times. It's the go-to for preachers when they want a response. It's the name that, dev- that demons tremble. The devil trembles at the name of Jesus. The sick are healed in the name. But it's all true. It's so true. And we should shout when, and rejoice when we say these things. All prayers are prayed in the name of Jesus. No man can approach the Father except in the name of of Jesus. There is no other name whereby you must be saved other than the name of Jesus. And so Paul tells us in Colossians 3 and 17, whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And so when somebody asks you, well, why does your church baptize in Jesus' name? You can take them to Scripture. Take them right to Scripture. And, 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 and you, know, you have Acts, you have all of these. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That's our go-to right there. But take them to Colossians. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus. He said, whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus. It's what the apostles always baptized in, the name of Jesus. All of their converts in every case was baptized in the name of Jesus. Jews were baptized in the name of Jesus. Gentiles were baptized in the name of Jesus. Samaritans, without exception, were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So do we understand the name? We get the name? Have I lost anybody yet? All right. If so, just grab onto the hitch and, and catch up. In Matthew 28 and 19, I want, I want to help you with the things that, that you've been taught. And, and maybe you've, you've not understood yet with Revelation. Or maybe somebody's watching tonight you haven't completely understood. But Jesus commanded the disciples in Matthew 28, 19. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now I know that some of you right now are going, Wait, we're supposed to be talking about Jesus' name baptism, Pastor. And you just went to 28, 19, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus said those words from this moment. From this moment, now you got to turn your thinking cap on tonight, okay? Open our Bibles because this is where we're going to prove that it doesn't take revelation to understand this, okay? In the mighty God in Christ, there are some mysteries that we have to work through. Baptism in Jesus' name is very simple if you believe the Word of God. Not once, though, in six accounts of water baptism, there are six accounts of water baptism after Jesus made that statement. So after Matthew 28, 19, there are six accounts of baptism. Not one time did the person who was baptizing ever repeat these words. Never repeat. Y'all already know all this? Well, why am I teaching? No, I told you, preach with me, y'all. Preach with me. We'll get through this faster. They didn't say, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They didn't say, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In, in six accounts, after Jesus said these words, they will, in fact, you will never find in one place in the Bible where this happened. 
There's nowhere. You cannot show me anywhere in the Bible where they said Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So I want you to open your hearts tonight if, and your minds tonight. If, you, if this is new for you, just, just stay with us, okay? Open your hearts, open your minds. There was a reason why the disciples did not repeat the words Father, Son, and Holy Ghost when they baptized their converts. It's because they knew the name of Jesus Christ is that name that Jesus commanded them to be baptized in. They knew the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is a singular name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They knew that there was no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved. So when we search the truth of scriptures that the name of Jesus is the name, everybody say name, okay, let's say that. Everybody say name. It's not names, right? It's singular, okay? We'll go to English class. It's singular. There's no S at the end of name. It's not referring to the offices of God or to the titles of God. It's a name. What is the name of the Son? Jesus. We've already covered it, but we'll put it up here, Matthew 1 and 21. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So the name of the Son is Jesus. We just proved that correctly? We proved that? All right. How many of you believe the Son's name is Jesus? Everybody? All right. So to baptize in the name of the Son, it says to baptize in the name of the Son, you must be baptized in the name of Jesus. Then Jesus says to baptize in the name of the Father. What's the name of the Father? Jesus. John 5 and 43. Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. How many of you know what my dad's name is? His last name. It's Hopper. Because I'm, I'm a Hopper. I have my father's name. Jesus is his father's name. So when you know the name of the son, he came in the father's name. You know the name of the father. Jesus said to baptize in the name of the son, to baptize in the name of the father, and then he said to baptize in the name of the Holy Ghost. So you go to John chapter 14 and verse 26. And it says something powerful here that the Comforter or the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name. He said the Comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name. It's the name of Jesus. So now you know what the Son's name is, the Father's name, the Holy Ghost's name. And all of them have to be that one name and it's the name of Jesus. Jesus. That's why the apostles baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Because they knew it was Jesus. They, they didn't baptize in all the titles. They just called by the name. And I can hear somebody say, well, the apostles were mistaken because, because he clearly said to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Well, I'd, I'd rather take the words of Jesus throughout these other, uh, these other texts where he says, in the name of my Father, I come in the name of my Father. The Holy Ghost comes in the name of me. I declare to you with all reverence today that there is first no virtue, there is no power, and, and, and there's no authority in the words Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I'm telling you today that when you are speaking of the titles, you're not speaking of a name. And i got to tell you that there is one that has all power, and it's in the name that's above every name. He's got power in the name of Jesus. And so there's another reason that, that I can take you to that we know that the apostles aren't wrong. Ephesians 2 and 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. If the apostles were mistaken, then our foundation is gone. 
The foundation of heaven is gone if the apostles were mistaken. If you don't believe what the apostles say, then we have no foundation. If they were mistaken, then there is no New Testament because Paul wrote 13 books of the New Testament. They wrote the New Testament, including the book of Matthew, which records the words of Jesus. Matthew wrote that. And so you've got to understand this in Matthew 28 and 16. Then the 11 disciples went into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And so then when you get to Matthew 28 and 19, you've got to rightly divide the word. Okay, well, how many of them were there in Matthew 28? There was 11 disciples, right? He's not speaking to a multitude here. The 11 disciples went into Galilee into a mountain. So all that's there is Jesus in the 11 when he gives them Matthew 28 and 19. And then you go to Acts 2 and 14. Peter standing up with the 11. I, I don't know about you, but I think it's the same 11. The same that were in 28 and 19. He lifted up his voice and he said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all that ye dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. And then in verse 38, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Why didn't any of those 11 stand up and tell Peter, Hold, hold on, Peter, hold, hold on. That's not what he said. He said, Jesus said, The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Not one of the 11 ever told Peter he was wrong. All of them were right there saying, come on, Peter, that's it. Preach it, Peter. Preach, Peter. Preach it. Because they knew the name of the Father. They knew the name of the Son. They knew the name of the Holy Ghost. It was Jesus. We have to get that inside of us. Well, it really doesn't matter, Pastor. It doesn't matter. There isn't any one location in the Bible where they baptize that way. If it doesn't matter, we've got to check the encyclopedias. Because up until 325 A.D., Everybody baptized in the name of Jesus. Well, why was it 325 A.D.? Because that's when they created That's when some men got together who tried to figure out God, said, well, this is the only way that we can explain him. He's the Father, and then there's the Son. Well, he, Jesus is the Son, and then there's God the Father, and then there's the Holy Spirit. It's three people. There's the Trinity. But you look up until 325, everybody was baptized in the name of Jesus. We've got to understand that there's not one place where anybody was ever baptized, said Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Every place they were baptized, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a hill I will die on. There's a, there's a meme out there, and it says, it's, it's a, a thing at the bottom, and, and it's a guy sitting at a table by himself. And he, it, you can type in whatever you want in the little box. And, and so some people say, you know, Lucky Charms is, a, is the worst breakfast cereal and then it says, prove me wrong. You know? And so like little things like that. So tonight, I'm, I'm creating my own. And for those of you that don't know what a meme is, it's a little picture that you can put on Facebook or Instagram or something. But tonight, mine is, there's one name that you baptize and it's Jesus. Prove me wrong. You can't prove me wrong. Biblically, you cannot prove me wrong. And I'm not saying that to boast up here. I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen, if we can get this, we cannot be proved wrong. Another thing is, is you destroy denying a portion of God's word when you say the apostles that they erred. There's no way that the apostles erred. He commissioned the disciples and the Holy Ghost to center upon them. And we've got this great commandment to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. They knew what it was. And so I challenge any Bible student that's out there, any pastor that's out there that wants to try to produce one instance where the apostles ever baptized anybody else, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. 
I'd like to know where it's at because I've never seen it. My dad has never seen it. My granddad has never seen it. And I'm not just here to say that I preach what I preach because my dad preached it, my granddad preached it. I'm standing here today because I've been in the Word of God and it's not in there. They simply obeyed the command of Jesus perfectly. Far more perfect than those who merely repeat the baptismal formula for the disciples. They understood what the name was. Nowhere in Scripture will you find the words Father, Son, and Holy Ghost when someone was being baptized. So the first account of the apostles baptizing believers following the giving of this commandment is in Acts chapter 2. You go to 2 and 41. Then they gladly received His word and they were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. What was the word that they gladly received? Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38 is why we have Acts 2.41. Peter just declared the word. And there is no mention of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The next account of baptism is in chapter 8, uh, chapter eight of, of Acts where Philip went to Samaria and he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God. 8 and 16, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, pastor, you, you believe all this? Yes, I believe it. Somebody might be saying tonight, well, you're tearing up everything I've ever believed. Listen, we cannot take the philosophy of a man. We can't believe the philosophy of man. We've got to listen to somebody that's got you in the Bible. And I'm not just talking about me. If you're listening to a preacher that's preaching Bible, listen to him. And if I'm, incor- if I'm wrong, then correct me. But these men and women were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. There's no mention of the titles. I know I keep saying that, but I just want to keep saying it to reassure you. There's no mention of the titles. In the last part of Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian eunuch was baptized. And that's where he came up out of the water. And again, there was no mention of the title Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The Apostle Paul was baptized in Acts 9 and 18 with once more no reference to the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And you can say, well, there's nothing in there about the name of Jesus when Paul relates the story of his baptism. Well, in Acts chapter 22, 16 and 18, Ananias commanded to him to arise and be baptized and wash away the sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And then he says to Cornelius and his household, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they prayed him to tarry certain days. That's Acts 10 and 48. So another baptismal service. This is where they just received the Holy Ghost and he commanded them. He didn't suggest it. He didn't ask, hey, do you guys mind if you know, we baptize you in the name? No, he said, you shall be baptized in the name of the Lord. These people had repented. They just got through talking in tongues and he didn't suggest it to them. He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And Paul said on the road to Damascus when he was struck, he said, he said, who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus. And so when he baptized in the name of the Lord, it was Jesus. Acts 10 and 48, the next account of baptism was a commandment again, and there was no reference to the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And so now we come to the final baptism service. So I've given you five accounts. This is the sixth, Acts chapter 19. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. And then Paul said, Well, John verily baptized without the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is 
on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Once again, no mention of titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The only reason you will not be baptized in Jesus' name is by your own choice or tradition. Or because you, your third great-grandmother won't allow it. We had a lady one time in our church in Battle Creek that she waited for her grandmother, her great-grandmother to pass so she could be baptized in the name of Jesus. And we said, well, why did you wait? She goes, because she would have kicked me out of the family. And after she was baptized, she goes, I don't see anything else, but I just... It, it, sometimes somebody's going to wait for, so, for some reason. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen... Scripturally, you don't have a leg to stand on because you cannot show in the Bible where there was one baptismal service where they were baptized any other way than the name of Jesus. We've got to let this sink in, ladies and gentlemen. Because if it matters when we get to heaven, we want to do it right. And I believe it does matter. When they heard this, they, they'd already been baptized once under John's baptism. If baptism didn't matter, then why, did, why were they rebaptized? They were now baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In every case, you've got the Jews in Acts chapter 2. You've got the Samaritans in Acts chapter 8. The Italians in Acts chapter 10. And the Greeks in Acts chapter 19. The name of the Lord Jesus is for whosoever will. And there's some very important reasons why the apostles commanded people to be baptized in Jesus' name. Two of the reasons are revealed in two words that most people overlook. I covered one of them tonight, but I'm going to cover it one more time to make sure you get it. The first word that's commonly overlooked is the word name. And you don't got to be an English professor to know it's a singular noun. It's not names, it's name. Jesus commanded that believers be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Not the titles, but the name of who these are. Holy Ghost is a noun that is denoting a relationship. And since there's so many spirits in the world, the word holy is used to designate the Spirit of God who alone is holy. Father and Son denote relationship. I am a father, I am a son, but that is not my name. When we do our banking and, and we write a check from this church, I am a father, I am a son, and I am a pastor. But Huntington Bank, for some reason, they want the name of this father, this son, and this pastor. They want the name on that check. When Jesus said he's the father, he's the son, he's the Holy Ghost, when you get baptized, listen, I don't want titles. I want the name. How many of you have ever been so upset you call somebody and you said, I want the name of that person. I want the name of that. I want the name... How many of it, let's be honest, how many of you in this place have ever went to a restaurant or you went to a business and you said, can I speak to your manager, please? Come on, be honest in this place. And so you talk to a manager and, and maybe, maybe later you, you got to come back and, and in some instance you got to talk to the owner and they say, well, who'd you talk to? I talked to manager. Who? Manager. Well, we got three of them here. We got first shift, second shift, third shift. When'd you come? first shift. Okay, did you talk to general manager, store manager, shift manager? Which manager did you talk to? I don't know. Well, I need a name. Oh, what? We need a name, not a title. We need a name. That's why the, the apostles went and baptized in the name of Jesus. 
Therefore, when Jesus commanded all believers to be baptized in the name, the singular, of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, it was never intended that they go, you know, parrot and go repeat exactly what he said. They knew what he meant. In a name, it's powerful. The name is above every name. Listen, when you go somewhere and you mention a name, depending on where you're at, people listen. There's power in a name. There is power in a name. So I've showed you these six baptismal records after that it was in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the name. So before I close, I want to look at one more word that's so important. And the second word that is commonly overlooked in Matthew 28 and 19. Matthew 28 and 19, let's let's put that up. It's a very powerful word here. It is, there we go. Therefore. Go ye therefore. Therefore, if you don't know what it means, it is stating something that just happened because of something that just happened. Therefore ties you back to something that has just been stated or something that has just been said. So understand what he just said in Matthew 28 and 18. Jesus came and spake unto them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's 28 and 18. Then 19, therefore, because I have all power in heaven and in earth, don't baptize in titles, but baptize in my name because I've got all power in heaven and in earth. Therefore, hinge, the word therefore, hinged it on something and it was hinged on, he said, because I have all power in heaven and earth, you go baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's why they knew what the name had all power in heaven and earth. That's why the 11 in Acts chapter 2 never tried to straighten out Simon Peter. That's why every incident after that commandment, they were baptized in the name of the Lord and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because they knew how powerful that name was. And so I'm giving you homework tonight, okay? I want you to go home and study. Study the word for yourself to show yourself approved. Don't let anybody ever back you into a corner. Anybody ever been painted into a corner? Literally, I have. I've done it. It was my basement. I was painting the floor of my basement. And I don't know how I did it, but I managed to do it. So I thought, well, I'm going to... Anybody remember the old Mentos commercials where something would happen and they'd throw in a Mentos and they'd make the best out of that situation? I thought, I'm going to make the best out of this situation. So I just did some creative steps back to the edge of the room where I had to go to. And it was like, how do I fix this? I'll figure it out later. I'll come back and... Rather than paint myself into the corner, I'll paint myself into the doorway. You could still see those steps, even through two or three coats of paint. But never let yourself get painted into a corner here when it comes to the name of Jesus. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. Anybody in this room that has been, ever been baptized, you know it's the name of Jesus. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name... We need to baptize you ASAP in the name of Jesus. If you're watching tonight and, and you're watching by live stream, you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, we want to baptize you in the name of Jesus because we want to do it right. Even if you never come back to this church, it, being baptized in the name of Jesus doesn't necessarily make you a Pentecostal. It gets your sins washed away. What else it does is it gets you baptized the way that they were baptized in the Bible. If you never come back to this church, if you never turn on this live stream again, 
Just make sure that you're baptized in the name of Jesus. Don't hem haw around it and, and get your, don't, don't get your foot stuck in something else. Get your foot on a solid rock knowing whom you have believed. Don't let people shake you. Don't be afraid of something that's so strong in the Bible. And so as I close tonight, I, I wrap this up. Look, you start in Matthew 28 and 19. You go to Acts chapter 2. And then Acts 2 and 14 where the 11 stood with Simon Peter. And the people said, what must we do to be saved? He said, or, or what must we do? And then, uh, or I'm sorry, Acts 2 and 37. And then Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. So tonight I, I stand before you as maybe a, a defense attorney. And I had to present my case to you. This is the best way that I can present it to you. And if you don't believe me, you're not following the word of God. The evidence is there. The truth is there. You can let philosophy or vain deceit or the rudiments of tradition of man, but, but, but you've got to say that that preacher preached out of the Bible. He didn't get up and preach some kind of Pentecostal book or some Pentecostal manual or some organizational manual. No, I'm preaching out of the Word of God, even though I left it in my office tonight. I'm preaching out of it, okay? I'm preaching out of the Word of God. And there's nowhere in the Bible where anybody was baptized in any other way than Jesus' name. You may never come to this church, but you can at least say that you've been baptized in Jesus' name. You may never be a part of this church, whoever's watching on live stream, but you can say, I've been baptized in Jesus' name. So let's all stand together tonight. And I'll say this, we don't have a right to judge anybody. We teach the word of the Lord and we leave the judging to the Lord. That's all that we can do. It's not our business to put anybody in heaven or put anybody in hell. That belongs to Jesus Christ. And it's my job to preach what it takes to enter the kingdom of God and what it takes to be born again. And this is the greatest thing that there is. Please study this word. Please study this word. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this night that you've given us. We thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for inspiring these apostles to write these words. Lord, I thank you for your name, the name that is above all, the name that is in all and that is through all. Without you, we have nothing. Without your name, we have nothing. And so we thank you tonight that your name has been given to us. When we were saved, when we were baptized, we took on your name and your name gives us power. Your name gives us hope. Your name gives us peace. We thank you tonight for that name. I thank you for those that were here with us in person and those that joined us by the live stream tonight. I pray that we would receive this revelation of your name. And I pray those that have questions, they won't be afraid to ask. Lord, I hope that we are not unapproachable, but we can be approachable. That anyone can come to us and ask us questions and anyone can feel comfortable to talk to us about your name. And Lord, when that moment happens, I pray that we come at it with grace and with mercy. And Lord, if anyone has been baptized in any other name or they believe any other philosophy or doctrine, I pray that you help us not to judge because that's only for you. Again, help us to show mercy, help us to show grace, but most importantly, help us to show love. And we thank you tonight for all that you've done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed tonight. Go in.